is good. He allowed us one more opportunity, one more chance, one more day. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. He's such a wonderful God. All praises and reverence to God, who is the head of my life. It is in him that I live, move, and have my being. To your pastor, Pastor Brooks, my professor, uh, thank you so much for the invitation. I give honor to my pastor, Pastor Pleasant, who absolutely signed my trip slip. I did not sneak away. Uh, he knows exactly where I am. Amen. Even though today they're celebrating his and First Lady's birthdays, and I thought he would tell me no. He said, no, you go preach. Okay. So here I am. Um, I thank God for the call on my life. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come now, God, standing up before your people, God, to preach your word, Heavenly Father, use this vessel. Speak with my mouth, Heavenly Father. If there's something in the manuscript that you don't want me to say, blot it out, God. And if there's something that is not in the manuscript and you want your people to hear it today, Heavenly Father, I am an empty pitcher before a full fountain. I will say what you say to say to your people. I ask that you bless the word. Let it go forth with power, conviction, and accuracy. And help your people, Heavenly Father, that when they hear the word, they won't just hear it, but they will become doers of the word. This I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. This morning, we're going to be coming from a very familiar passage of scripture. I know this is the Christmas season, and I know Pastor Brooks is well able, and he's going to definitely give you a Christmas message, I believe, next week. So you all pardon me. I do know it's the season of Advent, but we're going to talk about praise today, if that's all right with all right, you. That's all right. Amen. So from the book of Psalms 34, verses 1 through 3. 34th number of Psalms, beginning at the first verse. Very, very familiar passage. We say it all the time. You could probably quote it without looking at it. Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible. 34th number of Psalms, beginning at verse 1 through verse 3. I will be reading from the New King James Version. When you have it, please say amen. Amen. All right. The word of God says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The word of God for the people of God. For a few moments this morning, we're going to talk about I'm coming out of this with the praise. Amen. 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 I'm coming out of this with the praise. As I look amongst the room today and I feel the atmosphere of worship, I watched as we participated this morning. Um, and it's clear to me that some of you did come this morning to declare that I'm coming out with a praise. I don't know what you went through this week. I don't know what you went through this morning, but whatever it was, you made it through. And it's clear to me that your presence here today says, I'm coming out 
with the praise. It's evident in your praise that you refuse to keep silent when you enter the courts. I saw some people standing up and clapping and giving God what's due him. I'm sure that we've all experienced challenging, difficult, frustrating, confusing, traumatizing times and some things that almost took us out. But even in that, the fact that we're looking at each other says that we survived whatever it was. And because we survived it, we're coming out with the praise. I thank God that you decided not to sit on your blessed assurance this morning and act like you didn't know it was God who brought you out or brought you through. I know some of us have lost friends, we've lost lovers, we've lost money, we've lost possessions, but through all the losses, when you think about it, we still can come out with the praise. Who am I talking to today that has made up in their mind that no matter how dark, dismal, or devastating it was, no matter how broke, busted, or burdened I was, no matter how tight, tense, or traumatizing it was, I made it out. I escaped. Hallelujah. I'm delivered. I'm rescued. Who is it today that refuses to sit tight-lipped, arms folded? Who is it today that would declare with me that I'm coming out with the praise? That's all David did in our text. David didn't just write this psalm accidentally. There's a backstory. And I know sometimes we sit in church and we might be, it may, we feel like it might be, not be time to jump up or clap our hands or praise. And you think people are looking at you crazy. And sometimes they do. It's because they don't know your backstory. They might know some of the story, but you don't know the whole story. So there was a backstory to this psalm. Um, you thought he was just giving us some material to stir up the crowd. You thought he was, David was just coming up with something. There's a backstory, and it's over in 1 Samuel chapter 21. David, man after God's own heart, David who slew Goliath, David was a fugitive from Saul. David was running for his life when he penned this song. He was literally running for his life. Saul was out to kill him. So when he arrived in Gath to escape from Saul, he escaped by playing a crazy man. This man of God, man after God's own heart, had to act a complete fool and allowed spit to run down his beard to the point that the king decided to let him go, that he wasn't a threat. Hallelujah. He escaped by playing a crazy man. When he escaped, he ran to a cave to hide. Well, you know when you're God's anointed, you can't really hide. I know somebody might be in here sitting on their gifts and talents. When you're anointed of God, you can't hide. It shows. And so they found him. And so David, while he was in uh, the cave, ended up leading 400 people. David's going through his own stuff, got his own trauma, his own trauma, but yet he got to take care of everybody else. Who is it in here? That's your story. You got your own stuff you're dealing with. You can't take on another thing on your plate, but yet... You are the backbone of the family. You barely got your peace of mind, your sanity, your safe place, but you're the go-to for everyone else. It's because of your anointing. David could have written a sad song. David could have chosen to wallow in pity. He could have chosen to have a whole pity party, but instead, 
David decided to have a praise party. And he didn't do it by himself. He invited all of us, all of them to join in this praise party. It's dark in David's life when he pins this song. And it doesn't stop him from praising God for his deliverance. And it shouldn't stop you. Don't dwell on what could have been. David escaped death in Gath. What have you escaped? What have you gotten over, gotten past, gotten through? Don't dwell on how ugly it was. Dwell on the fact that God brought you out, delivered you, and come out with the praise. David declares, even in this, I will bless the Lord. I will admit, it's much easier to come out with the praise when things are going well. But our praise is not contingent on how things are going in our lives or in the atmosphere. If you're going to quote this song, if you're going to apply this to your life, then all you're saying is, I'm coming out with the praise. There's a few things that are evident in your praise when you come out with the praise. When you're going through something, there's a difference in your praise. Anybody interested? Two words immediately jump out when I read this text. The word I and the word will. I is a personal pronoun. It's talking about or referencing me, whomever is speaking. Will is a word that can be both noun and verb, expressing future tense, tense, a desire, a choice to do of my own volition or willingness. I will, when you put those two together, it's a definitive statement. A declaration made that doesn't leave space for excuses, inhibitions, or barriers. It's a vow. It's a conclusive statement. When you make a statement declaring, I will, it's something that others can count on. It reminds you that you will absolutely do what you said you will do. No matter what, I will bless the Lord. No matter how ugly, I will bless the Lord. No matter how dark, I will come out with the praise. So we're clear on I will. Amen. Where it gets a little shady for the Christian folk, God's people, is when it says bless. Bless in the Greek is eulogia, which means to speak well of. It's where we get our word eulogy, which usually a eulogy is something, it's a speech that's prepared and it's usually to speak well of someone deceased. But that's not what the psalmist is doing here because don't you know we don't serve a dead God? He's an alive God. We're not speaking well of somebody dead. And because he's an alive God, we ought to give him an alive praise this morning. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It's something about your praise when you've been through something, when God has brought you out of something, out of anything. Your praise is personal. It's private and it's perpetual. Verse one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's personal, meaning it belongs to a particular person rather than to anyone else. The matter isn't connected to anyone else. It's a praise party for one. It's not about anyone else and you really don't need nobody else. You've come through and you're on the other side of calamity. You're on the other side of COVID. You're on the other side of circumstances and it's personal for you. And you are coming out with the praise. You don't have time to explain your praise. Ain't about to defend 
your praise. All you know is that every time you get a chance to throw your head back and throw your arms up and say much obliged to you, Lord, that you're going to come out with the praise. When you look back over your life and you think things over, realizing what didn't kill you made you stronger. When you reflect on the things that could have gone another way, but God, all you have left is a praise, a worship that cannot be contained. And it's personal for you. But not only is your praise personal when you come out, but it's private, meaning sometimes it, it, it belongs to uh, or for use of one particular person or group. Private praise equates to intimate worship. Just you and the Lord. Nobody has to see it or even know that it's taking place. Have you ever experienced a private worship moment? Could have been when you're driving down the freeway listening to Marvin Sapp singing, never would have made it. Could be when you run up and down Figueroa and you see those young ladies and you say, but for the grace of God, there go I. Could be when you're paying for your thousand dollars worth of groceries and all you got is eggs and bread and you give God praise. When it's private, you don't just start on Sunday. You never stop last week. All you do when you get to church is extend what you've already been doing for the last seven days. When it's private, you really can't control it. Hallelujah. And just in case there's somebody sitting here who says, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Minister Huggins. What do you mean a private praise encounter? Well, let me encourage you to turn off the many, many distractions that have come our way like Netflix, Hulu, BET, the Westerns, the game shows, games on our phone, all of the distractions when you could be having a private worship moment with the Lord. He gives us 24 hours in a day, and some of us only give him 10 minutes at the end of the day, if that, as we curl into our warm beds. God is not pleased. He wants us to praise him, to give him what's due him. I promise you, when you start making worship private and when you start developing an intimate worship life and a prayer life, bad habits will fall off. Your life will be better. Your life will be smoother. Go into your secret place on a regular basis. And the father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hallelujah. When you're leading worship, the praise and worship leader, I've, I know we know a lot of praise and worship leaders. Some of them don't have the oil, but they're good entertainers. It takes oil. It's the anointing that destroys yokes. You can't stand before God's people dry. No anointing, no oil, and then get mad because the parishioners don't clap when you say clap. It should be perpetual, continually out of my mouth, never ending unfailing repetition, lasting indefinitely. That word continually means often, habitually. It happens frequently or regularly. Y'all get it? I will, his praise will continually be in my mouth. Every time I think about it, I thank him for it. Hallelujah. Praise him before, during, and after, especially because you want to come out with a praise. This praise on earth is just practice anyway for what we're going to do in heaven. If you have a problem praising here, then I suggest you don't go to heaven because that's all we're going to be doing in heaven. Don't you know there are 24 elders, there are angels, and then there's a number that no man can count, and all we're doing is saying holy, holy, and thanking God for what he's done in heaven. You may as well get some practice down here. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Give him praise, blessings, honor, and glory down here so you won't be culturally shocked when you get to heaven. We come out with a praise even in heaven. But not only will your praise be private, personal, and perpetual, it'll be public sometimes, it'll be purposeful, it'll be pure, it'll be passionate, and it'll be peculiar when you come out with the praise, when you've been through something. I'm not talking about fake praise and manufactured praise and one, two, three praise. I'm talking about praise from God's people who he has delivered from the hand of the enemy. Sometimes your praise ought to be public, visible to others. I know that sounds like a contradiction to what I said earlier about it being private, but it's not. Because the verse says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. How can they hear of the great things that God has done if we, God's people, don't come out with a praise? We're so afraid to testify. It's time for people of God to come out of the closet because everybody else is already out. It's not time to be clothed, mouth, or cute. Open your mouth. And say something. How are folks going to know that God is a healer if somebody doesn't get healed from cancer? How are folks going to know that he can mend families if you don't share the story of how your broken family was reconciled? We're so afraid of telling our story. Everybody already knows it. You may as well give it a good ending. Say, yeah, and we came out with a praise. Yeah, you know some of the story, but look at God, what God has done. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Don't come out with shame when you go through something. Come out with a praise. Let the other folk worry about what you went through. They only got a snippet of the story anyway. Hallelujah. When you go public with it, don't worry about trying to explain it to nobody. It's not going to make sense to them anyway because they don't know your backstory. They weren't there when God brought you out. All they see is you in the present. Your praise says, I almost let go. I almost gave in, but he kept me. Your praise says, God, it was you pulling me through. When you haven't forgotten how far you've come, when you remember feeding your babies on food stamps, when you remember driving cars with no tags, when you remember not having enough food in the cabinets, when you remember when he walked out, when you remember when your car was repoed, when you remember the foreclosure, when you remember getting fired and you survived it all, how can you not come out with a praise? Can't help but go public. Can't help but go public. Hallelujah. And it don't even have to be time for praise. It just hits you. <laughs> it just hit. Oh, I just thought about something. Next thing you know, you clapping your hands, you got your hands in the air, screaming hallelujah. Oh, my God. All you need is a good memory and a little space. Sometimes we get in church and we want to get quiet. It's the only place we're quiet. Sometimes we're sitting close to our friends. When you get to church next Sunday, you do a sound check. Say praise the Lord and see what they say back to you. And sometimes you got to deliver an SOS to scoot over some because I feel it in my spirit and I'm about to go in. So you might want to scoot over some. 
because I'm thinking about how he brought me out. I'm thinking about how he brought me over. I'm thinking about how he brought me through, how he paid my bills. Thank you, Jesus. It's purposeful. He purposefully brought me out. He purposefully brought you out. It wasn't no accident. So why wouldn't you give him a purposeful praise? Not no accident that my eyelashes over there. Ain't no accident that my wig is flying off. Ain't no accident that I broke a heel. I did it on purpose. Maybe about, maybe against protocol. Maybe out of order sometime. You weren't invited or encouraged it. Deliver me from churches. When I say one, two, three, I want you to praise. What? Reminds me of when I was a little girl, we had a jack in the box. You wind it up, wind it up, wind it up, all of a sudden he'll pop out. That's what we're giving God. We're giving him jack-in-the-box praise these days. It ain't got to be no countdown to praise. All I got to do is think about it, and purposefully, I'm praising him. He's worthy, so why not praise him on purpose? He deserves all of our praise. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. Hallelujah. He alone is worthy of the glory, praise, and honor. Some of us have turned into reservations agents. And I'm not talking about the kind at Delta when you're trying to get a flight or a rental car place. I'm talking about reservations agents. We're reserved in the church. We're not reserved at SoFi. We're not reserved at the party. We're not reserved when somebody cuts us off in traffic. But when we get to the house of God, the place where we can open our mouth freely, we want to have a it don't take all that spirit. Shame on you. Saints with selective amnesia want to be holy, but you don't want to be honest. You know we wasn't all that. Had it not been for God who pulled us through, we wouldn't be here looking as good as we look. Why not come out with a praise? Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe he hasn't done it, but it's on the way. We can trust that it's on the way. It should be pure. It should be real. Shouldn't be manufactured. Shouldn't be no countdown to praise. Couldn't, shouldn't be no playing church. We ought to be done with playing church. We played church all before COVID. And it's sad to say that some of the same stupidness and shenanigans are going on in some of these churches even after COVID. I don't know about you, but I don't need no another season where people are dying left and right. You can't even have a decent funeral. We better do right, saints of God. I'm reminded of Isaiah and how he pronounced judgment on God's people. They were good in the area of following their religious rituals and sacrifices of the day, but they lived foul lives. It's in chapter one of Isaiah. The Lord told them, don't bring me no more futile sacrifices. It's pointless. It's useless. He called them out on their assemblies in their annual days. We have more annual days than there are days of the year. Usher's annual day, choir annual day, mother's annual day, deacon's annual day. I broke my nail annual day. Time to eat annual day. Annual day, annual day, annual day. God said live right. Try that. Try living right. 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 Verse 15 of Isaiah says when you spread out your hands, listen to this, I will hide my eyes from you even though you make prayers I will not hear. I don't know about you, but I, don't, I need God to hear every prayer that I pray. 
And it's a small sacrifice to give up some of our ugly, foul ways to get God to hear our prayers and answer them. You got to give him a real praise, brothers and sisters. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. How, saints? Spirit and in truth. God never asked us to be perfect, but there are standards, and some of us aren't even trying anymore. We got that everybody else is doing it. And God is saying, I'm not everybody else's savior. I'm not everybody else's daddy. That's what my daddy used to say. Your praise ought to be passionate. Our response to who he is ought to be worship. Nothing should hinder your worship. Not people, not circumstances, not the atmosphere. Hebrews says, let us continually offer sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name so no longer when they say praise the Lord everybody should we go clapping that's an applause the Bible says clap your hands O ye people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph and I know some of y'all sitting there where I worship God my way Who is she coming over here to tell me how to worship? If your praise, I'm just the messenger. I'm going back to Christ's second next week. If your praise doesn't include opening your mouth, then you probably need to check your praise. Your praise ought to be peculiar. For we are a chosen generation. We're peculiar people. Why wouldn't a peculiar people have a peculiar praise? Well, what do you mean, Minister Huggins, peculiar? You talking about strange? Yeah. I'm talking sometimes you're running and nobody's chasing you. You're crying and nothing's wrong. You're jumping up and down and ain't nothing happened. You just got a good memory of what God has done. David's actions were strange. The woman with the alabaster box, strange. Excuse me. Smokey Norfolk song says, if I act a little giddy or strange, but praise is the way that I say thanks. Maybe you've never had a dark moment in your life. Maybe you've never been down to your last dime. Maybe you've never had a sick baby. Maybe you've never contemplated taking your own life. But if you've ever had a moment of uncertainty, a season of what's going on, God, then you ought to give him a peculiar praise. An undignified praise, an ugly praise, snot and tears praise. It's all right. This is the only place you can do that and then I'll give you 5150. You may not want to try that at the grocery store. But when you come into his house with Thanksgiving and his courts, you can act how you want to act in here. Because David said, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That suggests that we need a praise partner sometimes. A pair of people. Praise is contagious. And let me tell you something. It's kind of hard not to praise when you're saying hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say it with me. Hallelujah. 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 The more I say it, the better I feel. Hallelujah. 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 It's the highest praise. I know it's a Baptist church, and hallelujah was something that they said back in the day, the, the, the holiness churches, but hallelujah is the highest praise, and everybody can say it. Sometimes you need a praise partner. Sometimes you need to pick up the phone and say, Barbara, this Shirley. Listen, 
I ain't called for no drama today. I just called to tell you how good God is. Need a praise partner. Rejoice with them that rejoice. David didn't make it out because he was so crafty or cunning. Had God not allowed him to make it out, he would have died right there. And you didn't make it out of what you made it out of. Because you're so crafty, cunning, skilled, and know somebody that knows somebody. You made it out because God allowed it. Because God reached down and pulled your crazy self out of whatever you had gotten yourself into. And because he's brought you out, why not come out with a praise? Why not give him glory? Because he's so worthy of it. Why not? Thank you, my sister. Hallelujah. It was God's divine plan. I don't care who you know. You get yourself into something and God ain't going to get you out of it. If God says you ain't coming out, you ain't coming out. The only reason David made it out was because God was with him. It was God's plan that he made it out. And listen, that's not the first time God's plan included David, included us. We were in the plan in the Garden of Eden. When sin entered the world, we were already in the plan. Don't you know when God took that walk, he knew what Adam and Eve was going to do? He knows everything. And just like he knew what they were going to do, he knows what you're going to do. But still, he has a plan to save us. He knew how ugly we would act. I know how we look now. We're not teenagers no more. We ain't in our 20s no more. But oh, in our heyday, hey, hey, heyday, had it not been for God, we wouldn't be sitting here. Could have been dead. Could have been in jail. Could have been strung out. But God pulled us up out of the miry clay. Yes, he did. And because he did, we ought to come out with a praise. His plan to save us included us. A majestic collaboration happened one day between Jesus and his father. They needed somebody. Someone was needed, but it couldn't be anybody. It couldn't just be no blood had to be shed. But it couldn't be blood from the Red Cross. Couldn't be all negative and be positive. It had to be JC, Jesus Christ's blood. Because only his red blood can wash away our black sins and make us white as snow. Jesus went all the way to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head and there he died. That's love. But don't you know, that's not how the story ends. Hey, glory to God. Because in three days, he rose again. That's love. And that's not even the end. Because one glad morning, when his wretched life is over, he's coming back and we're going to fly away. And when we get to heaven, we'll be able to praise his name forevermore because I'm coming out with the praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.